Hi, y'all. It's Bridget Ketchall with Real Things Living. Today, my guest is Susan Burrell. She is an intuitive healer and loves to think outside the box. Can you say hi, Susan? Hi, everyone. I really appreciate you being here today because I think it's so important for people to be aware that they can empower themselves. And it is a lot to do with intuition. I've heard in the past, don't believe in that, but I think it it can help you in so many ways. And don't, you got to be yourself as well, right? Right. That's exactly right. There's a, we, well, especially women, and we can have that, we can go down that historical conversation path, but uh, whatever reason, maybe it's because women become mothers. We have a, a we have a built-in uh, intu- intuition switch, you know, because you got to hear when the baby's crying, you got to know when they're hungry or, you know, all that stuff. But we, women tend to follow their intuition or listen to it more. And in uh, our society, we have been taught, we have been taught among many other uh, things that are not life-affirming, we have been taught not to listen to our intuition, to listen to someone in authority like old doctors like government like the teacher and so what happens is a young we come in as these intuitive starlit bright divine beings as babies and start exploring the world and then for whatever reason and i think that parenting is changing but parents thought that children must be taught as a as opposed to guided, guided, guided to explore. Is a better word, yes, I like yes. that. Yes, because the kids come in, especially the ones being born in this uh, current era or generation, whatever you want to say. They come <laughs> in. They already know. They didn't forget. You know, they didn't. They come in hardwired already. You know, they know exact. They got computer chips. They understand technology because they because we come from the star dust higher source energy that um that we have all that knowing already and at in, at least in my generation and i'm 60 huh, huh, something uh <laughs> i was taught not to listen to that you know at a very young age starting age three don't well, we don't don't scare people susan don't you know we don't know what you're talking about You know, and then later, don't wear your emotions on your sleeve because I could go into a room and I felt the energy and I, and I became very adept at, okay, where's the safe, where's the safe spot? Where's the, where's the person that I can trust? Where's the, now some of that might be from a family of origin trauma. I don't know. Right. Actually I do, but that's a different (laughs) story for another day. Um, But the, but. So we are taught at a very early age not to trust ourselves. And then we go into, at least in America, we go into the educational public school system where no teacher wants an individual. They they can't teach the individual. They're supposed to teach the classroom. And so when my son was going uh, in, was in school, that's when all sorts of kids showed up with ADHD and, you know, and they're getting, they're given medication so they can behave in a classroom, right? At a very young age, that you know, 
authorities, because the parents couldn't cope, the authorities are pouring crap down kids' throats to get them to behave. That's why I run. This is all my... This is all my opinion, everybody. It's just uh, the world is Susan believes it. You made that comment about how they told us how we had to, to be when we were young. I This memory popped up for me. I think it was first grade. You know, you had a, sometimes you sat around on a table and you colored with different crayons. We all had to color the same thing. It was a cow. I did mine purple and I got in trouble. I love a purple cow. I got in trouble because it was purple. And so I asked, I said, so why can't, a cow be purple and I probably only did it Susan because I probably didn't have access to a black or a brown crayon <laughs> but but I was standing up for myself and I'm like you know I always that's just my nature I would stand up for myself and it was just I think there's nothing wrong with that make it it's important correct so that's right and that that was from the 19 early 70s yeah right yeah well, we, I think that's why uh, people, in, um, because we've been taught not to trust ourselves and not to follow our inner guidance, which I think is a, is a divine wisdom that is in everyone. Um, and we've been taught that. And then, then, then many of us, thank God you stood up for yourself. And that is part of who you believe yourself to be, a woman that stands up for herself. Right. I I stopped standing up for myself at a very young age. I was, I got into a, <clears throat> a relationship, a marriage of 28 years where I was involved. My husband was a narcissist and I didn't know it. So wow. I was being gaslit constantly to where I couldn't trust myself at all, at all. So when I got, went through divorce, it was a huge learning curve of um self-empowerment and how do i i realized i didn't love myself i didn't know myself i didn't respect myself i didn't trust myself i had been shamed for so many years that i thought nobody who's going to want this body this person and i had to really fight using inner tools um, like meditation and journaling and affirmations and screaming with all the windows and doors shut you know, to, to find myself. And eventually to a place where I was like, wow, I'm a really good person. I, I like myself. Oh, I love myself. Wow. That was, that was an epiphany. And then I can respect myself. And that's when my, um, I've been teaching information and spiritual practices and spiritual laws for almost 30 years. And in fact, I got a master's degree in consciousness while I was teaching and learning all this. <clears throat> and so um, even though I was teaching it and I understood it, I wasn't fully living it because I was disempowered. So when I came out of that, I, it was all about empowerment. I choose to be empowered. I, I choose to be free. I want, uh, my mantra was, I want to be free, happy, and love myself. And that's still my, I have to double check every once in a while when I, when I start to feel a little low, you know, or blue, it's like, okay, so where are you not feeling free or where are you not feeling self-love or where are you not feeling happy? And let's just raise that vibrational scale, you know, if you will. Yeah. I like what you, what you're saying, empowerment. I don't know why, is it our culture in general or just it globally, you think? Is it the American culture about, I think maybe it's. Oh, let's just open up that can of worms now. 
Yeah, Bridget. sorry, that's just the can because my we're mother opened the can of worms. Yeah, my mother, I, I think I was fortunate to have good role models for women because of my mother and my mother-in-law. They were both kind of stood up, you know, and were different. Well, and you had, a, you have two different cultures you were basically raising because you told me your mom was French. French and yes. And she was very, um, out of her, you know, she stood up for herself and I, and I, I think I probably inherited that from her. Yeah. Yeah. Thank God. So you had a positive role model. Right. Um, she had tough times, but that's probably, yeah, I saw that, but then I saw that she didn't give up. Yeah. I, my mom, my mom didn't stand up for herself. Uh, she kind of did a passive aggressive thing, you know? So I, I did, I never understood now but at the time of growing up I was going to be exactly opposite her because she wasn't standing up for herself she was a housewife blah 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 and I had judgment and I of course was a teenager during the the uh, feminist movement in America so I was going to have a job and dip a dip you know until I became a mother and then who's I don't want my son in daycare so I became the housewife this you know the soccer mom that pick you up after school and let's have play dates mom and you know, so, um, but how this uh, disempowerment occurred, at least for women, I think it's also true for people of um, color, for people that have different sexual preferences. Um, in my opinion, everybody, it's just my opinion, uh, this goes back to the beginning of patriarchy. So right. we're talking several thousand years when the divine masculine took over more and more of what the divine feminine stood for, which was equality, which was collaboration, which was community, which was creating a safe haven for those at risk. That was what the divine feminine was and still is. And, but the divine masculine started to, um, for whatever reason, I think it's so that humanity could learn. Have we learned yet? Hello, are we learning right now? <laughs> no, mm. not Look enough. at everything that's happening, not just in America, but around the world. Have we learned yet? Wow. So this idea of subjugating the feminine was hugely important so that the masculine, the patriarchy could develop itself and then take control and then tell everybody how they were supposed to live. Like right. the, the ancient, uh, you know, pre-Christianity, you know, the, the Pharisees, the, the rabbis following that during, you know, Christianity, the, the men, the priests were the ones that could read the ancient text and then tell you about what they read, right? Women were not allowed in the temple, were not allowed in the papistry, were not allowed to be leaders in because women would most likely interpret a, a, a sentence that's a word that's written down. Now there's a lot of sacred words, but they would interpret it differently because they're listening with their intuitive, ah. not with their head. And men 
often want to listen not there's lots believe me there's lots of amazing gurus and mystics that are men that have been men for centuries right like saint francis and you know i mean there's a bunch uh so krishnamurti you know there's a bunch but people that began to run the organization of religion or run the village you know as the mayor uh the Mari, they say in France, um, they were the ones that had to create the rules. And then their rules were, uh, became after a while, everybody went, well, that's the way it's always been. But the out of the box thinkers, the people that want to challenge the authority or create a better living environment or health environment, you know, because we were talking about health before we came on, um, you're not allowed to question that authority, but the only way that you can create something better is if you ask the question and you try different things. So, um, so women mostly became subjected to the masculine. Um, and as it became more hardened, the masculine ideology, right? It became this pyramid. Now, the pyramid is there's the you know in, in america there's the ceo the cfo they get all the golden shoot parachute things with all the multiple millions and at the bottom of the pyramid are all the worker bees doing what they're told so they can get a paycheck to maybe feed their family maybe get health care you know and that is what we're seeing is not only broken it's imploding it's disintegrating and the masculine it, it, now i'm talking about energy this isn't this isn't trashing men this is an energetic and women live under this energetic they i heard submit but they often agree with that energetic in fact the last three four presidential elections show that women agree with that kind of thing scared the crap out of me anyway so uh the because that format has been around for centuries, we all got very um, disconnected to our inner source, disconnected to our intuition, disconnected to being awake and aware as a human being, which is the only reason why we're here on planet Earth, is to come in to learn. Every lifetime we come in to learn. And so there's multiple obstacles that we face individually and collectively for our soul growth for us to learn more than what we knew or us to learn something that we didn't learn last time we were here okay right. so what's occurring now is for humanity's growth the pandemic was for humanity's growth the wars occurring the shortages the refugees the immigrants the ideology of separation they're different from me i don't want them here um there are they they the the me me mal pronoun and i don't want them around you know those things those things are um what keep us separate and the awakening that has been hitting the planet intensely for the last three three decades well probably longer than that absolutely longer than that but is is causing 
many of us to wake up and go, wait a minute, this isn't the way it needs to be. It's really probably not the way it's supposed to be. And I'm going to start listening to myself. I'm going to sit down. I'm going to start meditating. I'm going to start reading positive things and watching positive YouTube videos or whatever you're doing, listening to positive cat, you know, podcasts, getting out in nature. I'm going to really start connecting with myself. And those of us that wake up and become aware, and often it's because there's a, there is uh, there is a physical challenge we it, we have to learn to grow through. Right. It, and Abraham Hicks, Esther Hicks calls it contrast, uh, because it you know I've been listening to her again. Um, when you know what you think you want, there'll be a contrast to come up and say, do you really want that? Because if you're really kind of, I think I want it, but I don't know, then this other thing comes up. Like I I wanted to live, I wanted to live my life freely. And I became a type one diabetic nine years into my marriage because I wasn't free and I wasn't wow. paying attention and I wasn't listening and in, immediately ins insulin dependent. So I've been insulin dependent for 30 years, healthy as a horse, I'm telling y'all help because I I take care of myself but I also started meditating I also started doing inner affirmation you know affirmations I pull into my heart that become true like when I was realized I didn't know myself or love myself my affirmation was I live and move in an atmosphere of love so I attracted love I now have a beautiful amazing spouse we've been together nine years and uh, you know so you, I have so known that through a higher vibration of love, allowing it to enter the cells of my body, it because our cells are changing every minute, sloughing stuff off, and and the ones that want to hold the the ugly stuff, it's because they're not being attended to with love. So feeling my filling my the cells of my body with a high frequency of love flooding my body with love has helped me to heal other um kind of residual aspects from the diabetes like my vision was starting to be impaired oh, have you healed I, or are you still absolutely on? that's awesome i yeah. i went to an eye doctor who said you need to have shots weekly for about three months in both eyes i was like I, i'm sorry I'm, i have to keep my mouth clean um i said hell no and uh, went to another doctor who, he said, there's nothing wrong with this eye, maybe a shot in the other eye. I had, he goes, let's do one shot, invasive and traumatizing. But uh, I went, he goes, come back in three weeks. I go back in three weeks. He goes, it's really better. Come back in two months. Oh my God, it's really better. So the, med the medicine worked. In the, it, yes and yes, you know, take the medicine. But meanwhile, I was doing heavy duty uh, meditation and affirmations to clear the area in my eye, both eyes, so that uh, it would stop, the degeneration would stop. And it did. And it did. I still go to my eye doctor. I don't go, oh, I'm, you know, I did it myself. I also had, I called a circle of incredible healers to do uh non-local healing on me, prayer work, some people call it prayer, uh, to help my eyes. And I also started working with angels, never had done that before, everybody, it's kind of cool.
And so I immediately felt when the healing occurred and I was in the doctor's office before I saw him. I was like, oh, thank you. That was brilliant. So it did take a few weeks of focused, not focused on what was wrong, not focused on what was wrong. Oh my God, I might lose my eyesight, but focused on what I knew was possible and what I knew I wanted. And what I wanted was to have clear, healthy vision the rest of my life. And so my mantra for that was, I see clearly, I see with the eyes of love. And so that would remind me to, to just fill the back of my eyes with a vibration of love. So I'm telling you this, Bridget, because we, each of us, have the potential to live a healthy, happy, empowered life. And we have the potential to heal ourselves with help. We always need help. Right. It's my prayer circle. Hence, going to see the doctor anyway. Um, but we can we can do that. And so to me, that is me as a woman taking my voice back, standing up for myself, being empowered and um and the the collective is getting there you know we're becoming more and more aware of the what we don't want and and i, I want to say this out loud to everybody if you're feeling a little hopeless in in when you look at the circumstances in the world first of all stop looking at the circumstances in the world stop listening to the news don't read a paper you don't need to know the headlines are jarring enough just and focus on what you do want you know focus on uh you want to be happy I, I have a client who wants to be happy and love herself you focus on wanting to feel peaceful therefore you want to see peace out in the world um focus on so i'm i, I just invite you not to get hooked by the triggers that are constant because again i want to affirm for you all that what we're seeing as circumstances in the outer world, politically, energetically, environmentally, war stuff, is just that patriarchy crumbling. And so it's up to us as we watch that and we want to choose a higher vibration. We want to choose a, a higher potential for humanity, which is, which is to know that we're all connected, we're all one. And we have to really start working together, whether we live in America or Peru right. or the Ukraine or Russia or England. We have to start working together in ways that we didn't e we don't even know yet. You know, it's the pa patriarchy is very linear, very binary, and the divine feminine is very circular, you know, and, right. and, it, it, and, it, and it holds you. It also smacks you around if you don't step into the circle, you know? It's like, wait a minute. No, this is the new, this is the new energy system that we are going through and hopefully learning from so we can not repeat what's come before. And I keep praying for no repetition, but boy. Yeah. So the, what, what you've been describing, like the patriarchy thing, makes me think of a foundation, right? And then you mentioned it's, uh, because we are being more intuitive and being more open to that, that could help. But um, the circle, yes. grow. the feminine circle, yes. it's good. Yes. And the by foundation, uh, what do you mean? 
Well, you mentioned earlier about crumbling a little bit, the, mm-hmm. you know, the, mm-hmm. the patriarchy is crumbling. And that's what made me think of what of our, our foundations, what, what, what our beliefs are, right? I and, love that you brought that up because that's yeah. what I do with clients when they come. And I actually just rewrote my personal pillars that hold my foundation. Um, but that's what I do when, when clients come that, you know, it's like, let's discern what the, what are the four pillars you want to build your new foundation on because <laughs> your life has fallen apart. You know, I work with women going through divorce or come, they, they've gone through divorce or they're going through it and they don't know who they are. And, you know, and so I'll share with you my, my four pillars for 23 are, um, happiness, harmony, and truth. The first one, I didn't hear that. Sorry. The first one. Health, 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 happiness, harmony, and truth for myself and for others. And the truth ticked in because I was, I was saying, I want to be healthy. And I realized, oh my God, no, the truth is I am healthy. I am. So the, I want to means you think there's a part of you that thinks you're not. I want to be happy. There's a part of you that thinks you're not. I want to be harmonious. There's a part of you that thinks you're not. So to remove that I want and say I am, which aligns you to source energy every time you use the word, the words I am, because source energy is the I am entity of the overarching everything. You know, it's the all oneness. It's the all knowing. It's the everything indescribable so i am is the closest we can get in sacred texts that's the phraseology often doesn't matter religion but sacred philosophy ancient wisdoms i am so saying i am happy i am healthy i am harmonious that's the truth that's the truth already and who i was five minutes ago person that wasn't healthy but right now i'm healthy that's true. I love that analogy that, and the pillars of the foundation and mm-hmm. it's the state I am. And it's being, I think a lot of it is being in the moment too, right? Yes. Think, think too much that they have things they can't control and that adds stress, right? Yeah. I'm, I'm raising my hand right now, Bridgie, <laughs> because um, we're getting a puppy this weekend. I have, I have a, a dog who's five and she really needs a companion and, and I'm, I am stressed even shown up because I, I don't know what's going to happen. I can't control it. I'm trying to micromanage it before the dog even gets here. Now, how silly is that? And we all do that, right? At, at our jobs, it's like, oh, if I, what if this happens? What am I going to do? We're constantly, but that's that, um, that survival instinct, right? Mm-hmm. I got to have a plan. Well, being in the moment, there's no plan except to just be in the moment, right? It's hard. It's hard. Trust. Yeah, it I, is. Yeah. It really is. One of the reasons why I like animals because they do help me be in the moment because they're sniffing, you know, everything and stuff. <laughs> or I would want might want to walk faster outside, but they're like, no, nope, we had to slow down and sniff and and things like that. I love animals. <laughs> My husband, when we walk our dog, and she's stopping every every micro inch. Yeah. you know, he's like, she's smelling the pee mail. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's what it is, but but there that that's how I I think you know dogs help me calm me down. Is that the right word? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And 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 
and that's necessary, right? It, it, we can only be in the present moment if we can become, become calm mm -hmm. and not stressful. That's why I, I do meditation. I meditate every day, um, sometimes for an hour, uh, which is kind of, I'm like, wow, where'd I go? But um, I have guided, I have tons of guided meditations that I've done over the years. And um, I'm actually just realized this, I'm getting ready to start a guided meditation group. And a couple of clients asked me, please, please, would you do guided meditations for us? So all my guided meditations go onto the Insight Timer app and people can access them there. And I have one that's specifically been uh, helping lots of people. It's called Merging with love so uh yeah what do you um think about the word hope i i like the word hope just because uh i don't know i have a, a sign on my like on, on the uh the stand where my tv was i had, and i let it lit it when i was going through all this cancer stuff i would just see the word hope and it gave me some positive it, to me it was a positive affirmation um, it sounds like it was a. Uh... It was helping you keep a, a door open into potentiality. Yes. Okay. And yes. to me, potentiality is a stronger concept than possibility because in possibility, there still is a back door or a trap door where it might not happen. Right. But potentiality, it, it, you know, focusing on hope, the potentially potentiality is you actualize it. You actualize health, <laughs> right? That's you actualize best. living, uh, you know, you actualize healthy living. So where the word is um, to know that it also has, it creates a door for potential within our hearts and minds. I like yeah. that. Yeah. For some reason I was attracted, my, maybe it was my intuition. I was just attracted to that word and I found a little, not a sign, but it's, you know, letters H-O-P-E and I could light it up. And it was something that I would see in my family room. And it was just a reminder to be positive as well. And I think that helps with healing. And yeah. I used to be made fun of when I was younger because they're like, you're so positive all the time. Like, what's, I don't, well, that's just the way I'm wired. Right. So what? Um, yeah. And that's, see, that's, that's the thing. Positive, but <laughs> see, that's it. So you're now um, what I call a light leader. Ah, okay. Because you actualized your potential of healing yourself right. with help. And there are other people that feel threatened when we become, when we step into our light, um, when we begin. And I, and I call light leaders because the next, uh, like talking about the divine feminine, the circle and all that is we're going to create a, a world that works for everyone because we, the light leaders are going to be leading. I like not that. the politicians. I like that. Yeah, yeah I couldn't. I don't think I could handle politics, but uh, but it's just well, you don't have to step into a big arena as a light leader. You just need yeah. to, you just need to activate that light within you, which is love. Yes, and it shine it like your hope sign with the lights, <laughs> and just shine it wherever you go. But you have to activate that daily by sitting in meditation. And then journaling out the negative stuff that wants to pop up and drag you into that dark hole. So uh, I actually I actually wrote a book called Live Your Empowered Life, A 30-Day Journey. 
and using those kind of tools because it's it, I, it, it's actually the skill sets I used when I was going through divorce and thought I was just going to die, you know. And so there's journaling, the garbage out of your head so you can find what the beliefs are that got stuck and are have hooked you so you can change those beliefs, eradicate them. There's also a, a part where you begin to reassess what your life purpose is and come out with a healthy, happy life purpose. And the book interacts with my website, susanburrell.com, with videos and guided meditations uh, so that you're not doing this journey alone. Because I don't know about you, Brigitte, but I don't want to do a, a self-healing. A, a, I, like, I don't like even going to a party by myself. I got to have at least one friend come to be with me so I can, you know, do it. And so the, the book, it, that's why it interacts with everything. And it's called live your empowered life, a 30 day journey. That's awesome. And again, people can get to everything I do on my website, susanburrell.com. That is awesome. And so is your book available? I'm assuming on Amazon. Yes. Okay, cool. Yes. I really appreciate you being here today, Susan, and I am very enlightened just talking to you. And I just <laughs> love your energy that you're providing. And thank you so much again for your time. Oh, thank you. Thanks for having me. Ha I just enjoyed it. So, and you're fabulous. You are a light leader. I love that. What a great compliment. Have a great day, everybody. Thanks for listening.